0: Hi friends, welcome to the Brave Enough podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back or enjoy your drive and let's get authentic, real and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut and I'm so excited to hang out with you today where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready.
1: In episode 12, Sasha talks to Dr. Ali Nowitzki about how to prioritize health and well-being in your life. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut.
0: Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. This is your host, Sasha Shilkut, and I am so excited to bring to you today one of my best friends, but not only is she my best friend, she is someone who has helped me tremendously achieve well-being in my life. And I'm really excited and honored to have Dr. Allie Novitski on the show today. Uh, Allie is a neonatologist, which means she takes care of Itty bitty tiny people in their first few weeks and days of life that are critically ill, and she is an amazing uh, physician and mother and wife. And mostly, what she does now is pursuing her passion to help women in all aspects of their life on achieving well being and wellness and health. And that's what she's really done for me through our friendship and relationship. So I thought to open up this series, which Is week one on women reset, resetting your life, resetting your boundaries, resetting your health as we go into the new year. I thought no one better than Allie to kick off this series. So, welcome, Allie.
1: Thank you so much. I am so excited to
0: be on the Brave Enough Show. It is surreal. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm just excited because it's like we're going to be chatting as we do, you know, several times a week. And I met Allie, I've known Allie for a few years now, and I actually our, our initial kind of meetup was through a group for women doctors on health and nutrition. And Ali's posts always caught my eye because she was able to really balance uh, real life and she would do, you know, on-call workouts and then post pictures of herself, you know, doing burpees in the call room and things like this. And I was like, Hey, this girl (laughs) understands she's got it. So first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what caused you to pursue, you know, becoming a health coach? Absolutely. It's it's a, such a such a roundabout way how I got
1: here, but but not really and I'll explain. So you know, exercise and healthy eating has always been part of my life ever since I was little. In fact, my mom used to read <laughs> nutrition books when she was a kid and she would share that with me. And so when she would, you know, feed us, it was always really healthy and so I think that, you know, I was always a healthy eater and then every Sunday we would go on walks as a family and so we were really active as a family. And from a really early age, I just kind of became who I was. I ate healthy and I like to exercise and so um, I got into sports, did the whole sport thing. And then, um, about the time I went to high school, I got real serious about softball and I was trying to go to college to play. And as I was being recruited, I really focused on trying to get my body as strong as I could get it and really try to hone in on my nutrition, um, so that I could, you know, potentially get a scholarship. And so, you know, I wound up going on to college, played softball, but then while I was there, Um, I wound up gaining a lot of weight and really I was strong, but I was also not in great shape. Um, And so from that point on, I realized, huh, this isn't really how I want to live. I don't really feel good like this. So I educated myself and really uh, found out how I could be the healthiest I could be in terms of what I needed to do in terms of exercise and how I needed to eat. And I just grew this huge passion for it. In fact, other people started coming to me to get, you know, they'd have me write workouts for them. They'd have me write nutrition plans for them. And I just fell in love with it. I could so you've been
0: doing people. this for like almost 20 years. I mean, oh, yeah. people would know you as, you know, you played division one uh, college softball and you're an amazing athlete and people will know you as a, you know, physician and an amazing caregiver and a mom, but this has really been your passion for 15, 20 years. Is, is that, I mean, the, the way you're describing it, is that accurate? Absolutely. In fact, the
1: six months prior to entering medical school, when I was t- 22, my brother and I, we basically were gym partners and we <laughs> were, we, we would go to the gym and people thought we were twins because he's very, he's very athletic and we looked very similar, but we would train so hard. I just, I, you would, you know, the intensity would be so, it fire me up. I'd get so excited about it. And so then we would really hone in on the nutrition. And from that, yeah, I've been doing it for about 20, yeah, almost 20 years. And I have been helping other people. I just never thought that life coaching, I didn't even know what life coaching was. I was like, wait, so how can I actually do this for people? And that could be my job. Like I never put it together until recently.
0: So how did you move from, being, you know, someone who was kind of helping your friends, help like people like me, um, helping your family, helping close colleagues to realizing like, okay, maybe I should do this um, in my, you know, in my nights, weekends, and all of that kind of stuff, like, and formulate a business. Like, how did you actually move it into an organized business where now you're a life coach and this is what you do for other women?
1: So interesting. But if you would have asked me if I could have ever seen myself just giving people nutrition plans and exercise programs and that would be what I would do, I don't think I'd have much interest because for me, what I really became interested in is the whole mental aspect of it. And what I soon learned is the mental aspect of it all is really where the money is. And so what I actually through my own experiences um, with my first daughter, I actually had postpartum depression and I went to a psychologist who did cognitive behavioral therapy and it changed my life, not only did it help me get over the postpartum depression, but it also made me realize, oh, wow, I can apply this to anything. And so what I realized was a lot of times when people are having to, you know, change their lifestyle to be healthier and do, you know, more exercise, change their nutrition plans. It, it it brings up a lot of feelings and thoughts and it's all related. And so once I realized that you can use cognitive behavioral therapy to help people to become healthier in terms of their fitness and also their nutrition, I was all in. And I said at that point, I'm like, okay – that's what I want to do, and so I found a coaching school that actually teaches cognitive behavioral coaching. So I didn't want to become a psychologist, but I wanted to be able to uh, have that skill. So there is a school out there. I went to the Life Coach School, and that's how they teach it. And. Once I kind of put those pieces together, I said, "Bam, I'm
0: doing this." That and is so cool. That is so cool. And now you lead classes, and and we will definitely get to all of that information at the end of the show because I want the women to understand like how to get a hold of you and how to how to reach out to you for that. And and you know, one of the things that I know that you have really helped me is changing my. Um, just chain giving myself some grace with my own quest for well being and health. And I remember several years ago you and I were talking about um nutrition and health and I had gained like five or pounds or something and I was like, oh I'm so you know depressed. I'm so angry at myself. I've gained five pounds. And and I remember you said something that was so trivial probably to you, but it was so life changing for me. You said, Sash, do you honestly think you're gonna go the rest of your life like the next 40 or 50 years, and you're never going to gain or lose five pounds. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like... You're right. So, actually, giving you know myself some grace there really helped change my own mindset, so that I wasn't so hard on myself. I wasn't being so negative because there's nothing that comes from negative. Like no good for me comes from self shaming as a person. I've learned that about myself. I'm far more um, productive and successful when I give myself grace than give myself shame. So. I, one of the reasons I wanted you to bring, come on the show is because I know that you have these kind of five categories. You spoke about this recently at the brave enough conference. Um, and you led a session on this, which was so awesome. And so many women were changed because of this. And I wanted to bring you on the show because I wanted you to share these kind of five areas for well-being and give us tips for how we as working women, as working moms or as moms that are staying home, taking care of little babies, little people, how can we actually prioritize our health and well-being? And so I know that you have some areas you want to talk about. So go ahead and take it away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is really exciting for me because we can... Make it very simple. <laughs> and, and that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's right. And a lot of times we don't realize that it can be easy. We think it has this, to be this unattainable goal that very few people can get to and that only those people can be healthy. But, you know, starting with nutrition. So nutrition, you know, I'll tell you what, when I work with a client, I can... I can lead them wherever they want to go because personally I'm my own guinea pig. I've tried whatever's out there because I want to be able to relate to the people who come to me. But what I can honestly tell you after having done everything is that in terms of nutrition, mindfulness is where it's at. Okay. There's, you know, So what do you mean by that? What is mm -hmm. mindful? So this is mindful eating. So there are three macronutrients. There's protein, there's carbohydrates and there's fat. And so essentially what mindful eating is, is having a portion of that with your at, at, with your meal. So breakfast, right? So you should have some protein, some carbohydrate and a little bit of fat. I always make, you know, this oatmeal pancake, literally it's oatmeal, egg whites, a little bit of baking powder. And um, I usually like spread a thin layer of like almond butter or something like that on top. And it, you you feel like you went to the bakery and got this like succulent, delicious, you know, pastry, but it's totally healthy, totally easy. takes about two minutes to make. But sitting down, it, tasting the food, you know, actually enjoying like what the food tastes like, the texture, describing the texture, all of those things. That's all mindful. What happens is that you're actually, you know, right there in the eating experience. And so you actually feel like you did eat. You're like, oh, well, I did have my breakfast because I sat down and I remembered and I ate it. And one of the exercises I always do with my clients is we do a mindful eating exercise and you sit there and you take a bite. And you describe the smell, the texture, the taste, and then you actually describe like when you stop enjoying the food, because that actually happens. If you're mindful, you'll see that the first couple of bites usually
0: taste better. So Mm, that's really interesting. So Mm -hmm. sitting down, taking time to eat, um, thinking about what it, thinking about the fact that you're eating, thinking not just like, because I, I know for myself, um, as a working woman and as a mom, typically I'm like grabbing something and on the go, I'm not even thinking about it. Like I'm just, I'm so hungry that I'll just reach for something and eat it before I even, and I'm not even really enjoying it. Absolutely.
1: And that is one of the obstacles we face is the time, but I'll tell you what, even if you give yourself five or eight minutes and just really try to taste the, you know, really try to taste the food it's not going to take you that much longer and I'll tell you why your health will benefit your health because you're going to become the type of eater that can be a more, you know, that whole moderate thing, the whole moderate eater people say, Oh, I can never eat moderately. Well, the people that eat moderately are the people that sit there and they actually learn what their food tastes like. So for you,
0: so mm -hmm. for you, food can be fun. I mean, food can be good. It should be enjoyable. It should be a good experience is what you're saying. You shouldn't just eat like this, like, Oh my gosh, bland, you know, I, I mean, I, I hear that all the time, like, oh, your food should be boring. It's like, well, actually, I I struggle with that because I like food. I like to enjoy good food.
1: No, your food should be really, really good. The problem becomes is when the only enjoyment you're getting in your life is your food because everything else in your mind feels so hard or horrible. Then, Then that's a little different, right? Because then we have some thought work to do. But no, your food 100% should be stuff that you enjoy eating. In fact, I have... My my morning oatmeal little extravaganza, and before I go to bed every night, I actually make this protein smoothie that tastes like ice cream. Those two things, starting and finishing my day, keep me completely on track. I stay mindful in it all. And the smoothie, simple. It's protein powder. It's a cup of frozen cherries, and it's a half a cup of yogurt, and you blend it with ice and water, and it tastes like ice cream. And I'm telling you what, it has changed my life. Those two things in the morning and at night have changed everything for me because I know.
0: yeah, Mm -hmm. I I love that. So just tip one, number one is your food should be enjoyable, but it shouldn't be the only joy that you have in your life. And you're basically telling us to sit for five to eight minutes and eat your food. And when you do that, you will actually think about how it tastes and you'll think about the fact that you're nourishing your body and you'll probably be more likely to grab healthy or items that are tasteful.
1: You will, because I'll tell you what, when you start appreciating your body and you're able to sit down and you say, wow, I'm doing something nice for myself because I'm sitting down and nourishing my body and, and enjoying my food right now, you actually start to talk more positively towards yourself. And so when we come from a place of love, our goals are so much easier to attain when you're Ooh, coming I from a place that. of love. I mm-hmm. love
0: that. I mm-hmm. love I love this. And this is why you help so many people, Allie, is because you aren't this like you know, restrictive coach who is like, okay, you want to lose this much weight? Well, this is what you're going to get. I know for, for me, you have helped me so much with this. And I just love these tips. And I love that you, when you come from a place of love, you will be more successful, like you said, because you will actually love your body, enjoy your body, and you'll probably be, become more successful and reach those nutrition goals. So let's talk about exercise. Like yeah. how, most yeah. women, You know, maybe they can't get to the gym. They may take twenty-four hour call. They may be picking kids up, you know, before and after work. How? How for? You know, what are some tips for the busy working woman on exercise? So this is what I want to say on
1: exercise. And again, the reason why I feel so confident when I speak to this is because. I've, I've done this for years and I think I've really honed in on what, what seems to be the truth. And so when we're, th- a lot of women at our age want to lose weight. They're like, I just want to lose weight so I got to get to the gym. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now do not use exercise to be your number one way to lose weight, if that is your goal. It will never, number one, you're not gonna really get the results you think you're going to get for a lot of effort. And number two, you're not gonna enjoy exercise as much because you think that exercise has to be related to a physical goal you see. Versus exercise can be something where you unwind with, you feel the endorphins, like again, the mindfulness of being in the moment with the exercise. How does it feel? What is your body saying? I get up every morning and I go down into my gym in the basement. And that's my routine because that is my time for me to set myself for the day because it feels so good. I am not doing it to try to get a leaner body or to lose weight on the scale. I used to do that. I did that for years. And I will tell you, I will save you a lot of frustration. Using exercise, It it will reshape your body, but it'll reshape your body without you realizing it because if what you focus on is the mindfulness and the enjoyment of it, it's not going to feel like work. So one of the things that you've always told
0: me – I love this – and one of the things you've always told me is just like if I – you know, lament to you about the fact that I missed, I couldn't get to CrossFit this morning, or I couldn't make it to the gym this morning, or I couldn't do my hour workout. And you'd say, well, what are you doing right now? Just put your shoes on and go for like a 20 minute walk. And you know, at first I was like, what is that going to do for me? But, oh my gosh, now I like love my 20 minute walk. So is that enough? Like is 20 minute walk enough?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I, as I presented at Brave Enough, the guidelines, they say you need 150 to 300 minutes of moderate activity. And the general population of women, only 15 percent of the general population of women get that. So imagine physicians. It's even less than that. And so, you know, those are guidelines. So I say we throw those out the door. So really what enough is, is, you know, you set your minimum amount. Right, that you know you can achieve. And so, enough is when you're getting benefits from exercise where you feel good about yourself, where you feel like I'm putting the effort in, even if you're doing two 20 minute walks a week, if you mentally are feeling like, wow, I'm really putting the effort in with my exercise, I'm making a commitment to it, I guarantee you any amount of time is going to give you benefit. So, like, what your goals are. So, like, are you going to run a marathon? Well, if you walk, twice a week for 20 minutes and you want to run a marathon no it's probably not enough but if you're a person that's like listen I want to have good health so I can enjoy my family so I can have energy so I can do my job well and so that I can just really feel like I'm giving it my all in terms of my health then what you do is you decide you get to decide that you get to decide what's enough for you because any amount is going to benefit you.
0: I love that. I love it. Any amount is going to benefit you. So let's stop beating ourselves up that we're not getting 150 to 300 minutes and let's shoot for, you know, a good brisk 20 minutes here and there, like three or four times a week is enough. Or even if it's, you know, doing 50 burpees or something. (laughs) like Which only may take you like, you know, eight minutes, but if you're going hard, that's enough and just be kind to yourself. Right. I mean, that's, that's really what has, I think we have to change. It's not like this all or nothing thing. Like when you said that to me about, you honestly think you're going to go the rest of your life, never gain or lose five pounds. Like that's such a harsh mindset if that's how you adopt and you will never be enough. But if you are okay with, you know, mindful eating, and you're okay with exercising for 20 minutes when you can, or doing 10 minutes, you know, of the fastest burpees you can, then you know what you're, you're keeping promises to yourself and you're winning.
1: And here's the thing that we forget. Exactly. No, I totally love what you said about that. Our, if we look at our health on a trajectory, it doesn't stop and start. So in other words anything you ever do in your entire life that's going to be something that's physically active, you're just going to add to your trajectory. Do you see what I'm saying? So in other words, like it's not stop and start where, okay, well this week I only worked out three times. No, it's like in my lifetime, that's three additional times I worked out. So it's just having that mindset of every little bit helps. And in fact, when I make workouts, especially for professional women, specifically like physician women, I make 10 minute workouts. And I'll tell you what, you can ask some of the women that are actually doing, I'm running a challenge right now with the workout that I Um, had designed for brave enough called the on-call workout
0: women are getting results from it. It's 10 minutes. It's a 10 minute workout. I love it. Easy. I love it. So let's talk sleeping. Okay. Okay. Um, how often do women get enough sleep? I could tell you, I know the data because I've presented on this before, very little. And I think it's interesting because when we add things like exercise or f- you know food prep, we often go into our sleep hours to do that. So talk to me about sleep. What, I mean, yeah. how important is sleep?
1: Sleep is more important than, um, well, it's funny. A lot of people are gonna maybe disagree, but I would say that if you have a decision to sleep or exercise, sleep. Really? Sleep contr- yes. So sleep controls, or, or it affects, all of your hormones. I mean, truly, it does. And so the issue becomes if you're not getting your sleep, you know, there's a lot of hormones that potentially are going to be thrown off. Ghrelin is a big one, which um, there's tons of studies out there, but ghrelin's the one where you know you just work a really long call you were up 28 hours and you're starving well ghrelin basically is the hunger hormone it makes you hungry and so you know you, your body wants to eat and so you want to eat and you have hyperphagia and you really are just like oh my gosh why am I eating so much I don't understand so that's ghrelin so when you don't sleep enough that hormone is high and then also you know all of our other um, you know hormones potentially are affected cortisol leptin there's all there's all these hormones and so once we aren't getting our sleep and those are affected anything you try to do from a nutritional and exercise standpoint, you know, if it makes you feel great and you want to do it, go for it. But if you're really trying to, you know, let's just, I use weight loss because sleep is really a big issue when it comes to weight loss. If you're not getting enough sleep, you are going to have more difficulty losing weight. And so if you have the choice to do anything, then sleep needs to be way more of a priority than we actually realize.
0: Okay. I love that. So we need to, ladies, we need to be getting our sleep and we need to not beat ourselves up if we have to choose between sleep and exercise. So let's talk a little bit about the mental aspect of, and the mindset, because you were, you know, you opened this up by saying that that's where it is at. And that's how you became a life coach is because you recognize the power of having the proper mindset for your health. Let's talk about mental health for a little bit. How do we make sure that mentally we're healthy?
1: It's really a great question. And so the first thing is truly diving in and doing a pretty extensive self-analysis where you're willing to be honest with yourself. Um, a lot of times, you know, one of the big things we are pointing out is that it's difficult to recognize that we have an issue. You know, depression, we have trouble realizing that we have depression if we have it. Um, you know, I I share and I'm pretty open about this. I didn't know that I had depression postpartum. Um, And my husband's a psychiatrist and he didn't recognize it right away. And he's an excellent psychiatrist. It's just that we're not looking for it. And so in terms of mental health, um, a self-analysis, really seeing where you are with things. A lot of times, you know, it's so easy to feel overwhelmed with everything you have to do in a day. But then the really beautiful part of it all is that it can all be fixed. And so what it starts with is recognizing that all of your thoughts are generating how you are feeling and, and that is, that is, if you take nothing else away, just know that if you're feeling a certain way, it's because you're thinking a certain way. And that is the premise of cognitive
0: behavioral therapy. I and love so that. Happens, Let's repeat that. Okay. So yeah. if you are feeling a certain way, it's because you're thinking a certain way. So because your thoughts control your feelings, which control your behaviors, which feed into your thoughts, right? To this whole Absolutely. cycle. So I Absolutely. love that. I love that because It's not about, I mean, I remember once you, I was really struggling with my body image and you asked me to look in the mirror and find something good about myself. And I just, I couldn't even do it. And that was not a body problem. That was a mental problem. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how do you start? Like, what's a tip for someone? Like, say you get a new woman that you're coaching and she's struggling with her um, health and you know, the problem is, is her mindset. What's like the Mm -hmm. initial thing you have her do?
1: So the initial thing is I just get her to talk. So I start just, I say very little, which is hysterical because if you know me, I talk a lot. Um, And so I basically say very little, but I just let her talk. And then I ask her small questions. Why? 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 I get this book by the time we're done talking. So then what I'm able to do is I'm really able to look and see what is she telling me that's an actual fact and what is she telling me that's actually a thought? And most of the time everything she's telling me is a thought. So then what my job is as a coach, it's a lot of people are like, What's a life coach? What do you do? Cheer people on and say, Oh, good job. Oh my gosh, you got your goal. No. No, that's not what I look Some are. That's what some life coaches do, and that's great. And there's a place for that. But what I do is my job is to get her to recognize that her thoughts are making her feel a certain way and get her to recognize that her thoughts are thoughts and they might not actually be truth. Like there Mm. might be another alternative to how she's thinking, which can be very difficult, especially for a professional woman, specifically a physician woman who obviously has to know herself pretty well for you to challenge her and say, okay, I want to let you know that that that's not a fact. Like, you know, actually, there could be another way to think about it. And a lot of times they're like, what? And so that's the first thing we do. We really get a good story. We get a great story. We get tons of
0: information. And then we start going after the thoughts. So one of and the things we... um, that I, I, I love what you're saying, and I, I have to just say, it totally goes in line with my last podcast. I'm an hour of power and spending time by yourself. Because what I have recognized is the more time you spend with yourself, which is free, right? Like Mm -hmm. spending 30 minutes by yourself, journaling is free. (laughs) It doesn't cost anything. Um, And that's what you're doing with your coaching, right? You're getting women to go internal. You're getting them to spend time with themselves. You actually become more courageous. Mm -hmm. You're more Mm -hmm. courageous when you spend time with yourself because you actually have more self-realization of where you are and where you want to go. So I find the more time I spend by myself, the more time I actually. I'm I'm more brave. I'm more courageous to, to achieve things. And I am, I'm not as self as much, you know, as critical of myself. Mm -hmm. And that actually leads into better relationships. So talk a little bit about your, about relationships and how your relationships you have with others, because I know you're a big believer in this and your relationships you have with your spouse, your kids, your family, it all starts with the relationship you have with yourself.
1: A hundred percent because here's the here's the big secret that everybody's trying to figure out, right? The secret to relationships is that the only person you can ever control is yourself. You you can only make yourself happy. You can only control your own thoughts. You cannot control even your kids. You can't even control how your kids feel. You know, we always say, I just want to make my kids happy. We cannot make our kids happy. That is something they have to generate within them. So the secret truly is having the relationship with yourself where you're showing up exactly how you want to show up. You're being the person that you want to be in the situation, like I'm being the wife I want to be, I am being the mother I want to be, I am being the physician that I want to be, being the sister, I'm being the friend, all those things, we can, that takes enough effort alone. We can control those things. We cannot control how the other person's feeling. And that's where the issues usually become because we expect, we, you know, in my coaching school, they call it the manual. You know, we have manuals for everybody we have relationships with and we, our manual basically is saying, I expect you to act this way when this happens. And what happens with all that is you're giving other people power to make you feel a certain way because if they don't act how you expect them to act, then you're allowing them to make you feel disappointed or hurt or all those things. So the whole key is all you ever have to do is show up exactly how you want to show up. And then the the second step is like even great, is even better because then you just have to show love. Love is, you know, people say, oh, I just want, I just want to feel loved. Well, how you feel loved is that you yourself are generating the feeling of love. You you know, your husband can't like, you know, laser love into your heart and make you feel love. Like, that's not how it works. Like, you are generating love because you are thinking certain thoughts about another person, about a situation, about your kids. And that love you're generating is making you feel loved. So you get to control all of it just by showing up the way you want to show up and by expressing
0: love. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, And it's so funny because when you start realizing this, then you realize that so many of the conflicts you have in your life really aren't about you. (laughs) And it's easier to let them go. Like it's easier to just say, you know, that person, that's the way they're treating me is is really about them. And I just have to let it go. Right. So it's just, it's, and, it, and it's, it, and it's, it's how we are, allow ourselves to give grace to ourselves as well, because then yes. we realize like, okay, only I am being this hard on myself. So it goes both ways, you know? So it's so, it's just, there's just so much freedom and goodness there. I love that, Allie. Thank you for explaining that to us. So, so we're about at the end of our podcast and I want to give the women, um, information on how can they follow you how can they you know learn more from you how can they contact you how you know just tell us everything give us sure. all your twitter handles and your <laughs> website and information
1: absolutely no that's that's wonderful so my website is so my company is mind body marriage just like the mind body marriage and so my website is mindbodymarriage.com okay and on my website you can find you know email is fantastic for me and it's just dr Allie at mindbodymarriage.com is my email. Um, and my, um, on Facebook, I do have a mind body marriage page. And also my Twitter handle is just, um, it's actually my maiden name because that's just how I roll. (laughs) So it's capital A capital R E M A K U S. And that's how you find me on Twitter, and then my Instagram is just Mind Body Marriage, and I'm on all those social media sites. Um, I, my husband and I have a podcast called Resuscitate Your Marriage, um, which you were our first couple. Uh, you, you and Lance were our first couple on our podcast, but Resuscitate Your Marriage, a Love Rx for Physicians. And as I mentioned, my husband's a psychiatrist, and we really dive into just all the issues that come up. in marriages that involve medicine. Um, And so that is um, my main stuff. I do a one-on-one coaching and I'm also rolling out a course in... February is called the Crash Course for Women Physicians, and we go for 16 weeks. So it'll be February 4th through about May 25th. And we are doing a crash course where I am teaching cognitive behavioral therapy in the first five weeks. The next five weeks is a customized uh, body. So we're doing body image, we're doing customized nutrition and exercise. And then the last five weeks is all on relationships. And so we're really excited. We have, um, you know, it'll be a nice group. Uh, I have, you know, I do have some spots left, a couple spots open still. So that is something. And, you know, like I said, we start in February, but I'm really exciting. And uh, that's
0: kind of what we're doing right now. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Allie, for being on the show. And thank you for giving us all of these wonderful tips. And to all of our listeners out there, remember to live brave.
1: This has been an HSG production.